Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. Quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from Quince. Ooh, Mm -hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic, whether it's winter or or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14-karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Hello. Welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I am Kate Spencer. I'm Dory Shafrir. We are not experts. But we are two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. Welcome. Greetings. Hello. Greetings one and all. Um, let's get the biz out of the way. Let's do it. Voicemail. We love to hear voicemails from you. We do. Please call us. We're lonely. <laughs> Truly, we are. It's a treat and a delight to yep. just click over to that Goog's voice. So please call us. That's the first order of business. Yeah. We have a voicemail number. We love to hear from you. We listen to every message. That voicemail number is 781-591-0390. Or you can email us your thoughts, concerns, questions, comments at forever35podcast at gmail.com. You can join the conversation in our Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash forever35podcast. Uh, the password there is serums. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That makes our lives great. 
And it also helps people find the show. Oh, that too. That yeah. too. Not to make it all about us. Sorry. <laughs> and of course, all the products we mentioned um, are on our website, forever35podcast.com. That's where you can find our new merch. You can follow us on Instagram at forever35podcast and on Twitter at forever35pod. We did it. We did it. How you doing? You know, I am menstruating everyone. Mm-hmm. I have my period. Okay. It's put me, I don't know. I don't want to blame my period. Why not? Well, I don't know. Maybe periods kind of sometimes get a bad rap. You know what I mean? I'm just kind of in a funk today, Dory. Okay. All right. I'm a little grumpy. Okay. Okay. Which you walked in and I was just like, I'm in a bad mood. You did say that. But you know what? I, I, I'm also trying to give myself permission to be in a bad mood. Yeah. Just be with my feelings about yeah. the things that are ticking me off. Mm-hmm. Not to not be a jerk to the people I care about or the people I interact with, but also not beat myself up for like just having a day. Yeah. So listeners, as we record this, I'm, I'm having a day, but it's okay. It's okay. We all have them, right? And, and because I have my period, maybe that's part of it. Totally. You know, I have little stabby sensations in my uterine area, but Aww. you know what? I'm grateful to be menstruating. I don't know. I'm trying to really reframe that narrative. I don't I don't know that you need to. Like you were saying, you can just sort of sit in the shittiness of it. Well, here I am. And that's fine. Literally sitting in the shittiness. How are you? Um, I am fine. Good. I'm glad you are more chipper than I. I am, I am not menstruating also fine um it looks like matt and i are moving take me to your new home well can i come with you (laughs) yes you may um as as listeners of this and my other podcast know this has been an ongoing saga for months now um we finally decided that buying was just not going to be feasible for us in the foreseeable future. Hey, you know what? A very relatable thing that I bet a lot of people can relate to. Well, thank you, Kate. It is h- hard to buy a home. It is hard. Um, and I had kind of had it in my head for a long time that I didn't want to move unless we were buying because it seemed like, why why spend all that money to move? It's expensive. We will definitely be paying more than we pay right now and we're supposed to be saving money for this house so like what's the point and then it's just kind of like then it just kind of finally got to a breaking point and we decided you know what this house feels too small for us it's like affecting feels like it's affecting our family affecting our relationship it's affecting our mental health and we have the resources so let's move let's do it we and we there's a house in our neighborhood that's been for rent for a few months that we had walked by like a million times and we're finally like you know what let's just call the broker and and look at it so we looked at it and we were like huh we were like a little lukewarm on it and then i really started thinking about it and i did a little more research and just seeing what else was out there I was like, you know what? I think this house could like really work for us. So it looks like we're going to do it. And it's going to be a lot more space. I'm particularly excited that Henry's going to have a bigger room. And he's going to have a dedicated playroom. Wow. So he's going to have, like, he's really going to have his own space. What a luxurious life our friend Henry will be leading. I mean, 
you know, he deserves it. The kitchen is bigger and has a lot more cabinets, which is going to be great. Dishwasher. There's a dishwasher. There's a washer dryer. Um, has a lot more and bigger closets. Yes. Our house right now has a dearth of closets because, as I've discussed on this show, people in the 20s apparently didn't have as much stuff as we do. <laughs> so we have big vacuum cleaners. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, you know, it's also, oh, it's also very, like, quiet and private. So... Neither of us have moved while recording this podcast yet. Correct. Self-care while moving. Moving is one of the most disruptive. It is very stressful. Events. So I'm so while I'm excited, I'm also already kind of overwhelmed. I'm also gearing up to do a huge decluttering. Woo, this is a lot. This is a lot. Moving is a lot. Moving is a lot. There was a period in my life where I moved like Every year or every two years. Yes, same with me in my 20s. Yeah. And I've been in this house for five and a half years. And so, and we've done periodic declutterings in the house, but obviously haven't moved. So, you know, I got rid of a ton of stuff when I moved from New York to LA. And now here's the second thing. And now, and then I got rid of some stuff when I moved into this house, but I feel like there's so much stuff in this house that, that just needs to go. So... Well, it's a really exciting transition for you. Thank you. I'm excited. I hope it is as easy and easeful. Thank you. As it can be. I'm like weirdly excited for Henry's playroom. That's the thing I'm like most excited about. First of all, playrooms are such like a novel idea to me. Like I didn't have a playroom. Oh, no, I didn't either. That's such a... a We had like a den. We had a den too. Yeah. But it wasn't like a That's where we also like watched TV... Yeah. It's where the computer later was when we all had the family computer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I'm very excited for Henry's playroom. I mean, you have a playroom. We do. It was it was what should be the dining room. I mean, it's very small because mm-hmm. we have a small older home, but it's where we have like our kids. We put two desks in there for them to yeah. do homework. And I, it's lovely. I mean, I'm looking chairs. at it right now. It's very cozy. It's nice. Well, I think I've talked about this on the podcast, but one time it's, it was so messy, the dog threw up in there and I didn't notice for like three <laughs> days. So that's my favorite. That's also what the playroom is. But um, it's very, it is very nice to have a dedicated space yeah. for people's things. Um, I feel very lucky we have that space. Yeah. And look, you know, I think because his bedroom in the new house will be bigger, he could also have a play space in there if we didn't want to have him have a dedicated playroom. But I do like the idea of having just like this room that is a big old yes space. You and your yes spaces. I love a yes space. You know, someone messaged me on Instagram that she bought a Pickler Triangle for her kids after she heard me talk about it on the podcast. I mean, is this podcast a yes space? Yes, <laughs> it is. There are no no's in this space. You don't have to worry about pulling over a lamp. I like no emotional no's. No maybe. emotional no's. It's an emotional yes space. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I think it's great. Thank you. I support this 100%. Thank you so much, Kate. Well, I will be leaning on you. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'll help you declutter. Thank you. I'm there for you. Thank you so much. I mean, because the move will affect the pod. So the move will affect the pod. If the mood's got to go seamlessly so this pod can keep running. I mean, you get it. So yeah, so it's in my best interest for the move to go well. Thank you, Kate. That's <laughs> where I was going again. with this. All about me. Pool, move. It's all about Kate when it comes down to it. <laughs> that is not true. You are a very selfless person. That's very nice. Um, sometimes I am. Uh, can I tell you what I started last week? Yes, I would love to hear. I mean, you know. 
but I signed up for tap dancing oh, and yes. ballet classes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. As kind of part of like my movement, exploring movement, mm-hmm. joyful movement, mm-hmm. at exploring new hobbies, mm-hmm. pushing myself out of my comfort zone, all those things. So we have a very local, very affordable dance class situation mm-hmm. here where I live. And I signed up for a kind of all abilities ballet and tap class because it was kind of all that was available. The price was way right. I've never taken ballet or tap in my entire life. Not even when I was... Like even as a child. I took one ballet class at the age of three. The teacher um, said something because my straps weren't right on my ballet slippers and I was so um, upset about making a mistake. I never went back. Oh, no. This is who you're dealing with. So... Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't like making mistakes. I don't like people being mad at me. That's probably the impetus. But I went. It was terrifying. It was absolutely terrifying. I felt so foolish. I'm not going to lie. It was really scary. But I'm. it was also so much fun. That's so cool. I went. I was arrived late. This was 24 hours after I had lectured my daughter on how she was late for her ballet class and how that being late is a sign of disrespect to everybody else and then i was late and i I, when i got home i told her i was like listen guess what i was also late for why were you late i couldn't it was a new place for me so i like didn't it was dark and i like didn't know where to park and then i didn't and uh, it was just like a total i was just an idiot so I like arrived. Hey, you were not in the Okay, sorry, but I felt stupid. Okay. I got into the class late. It had already started. I've never taken ballet and they were doing like legit moves because it's not just a beginner's class. So then were I Were they at the bar? They were the- all at different spots on the bar. I walked in and I pretended to know ballet. Amazing. Like it was something I would have done as a child. It's right. like I'm going to just pretend like I know what I'm doing and the okay, teacher won't set notice. Set the scene for me. How many people are in this class? Mm, 10. Oh, this is what's great about it. All ages all bodies, all shapes, all sizes, all different um, levels of dance skill. So it felt, even though it was really intimidating, it felt really great because sometimes you go to a movement or a fitness class anywhere in the world. I think it's especially heightened sometimes here in Los Angeles because the entertainment industry is here and that's such a a looks and body focused industry that sometimes you roll into a class and, you know, it's all one body type. Totally. And all one age. And this was not. No, it was so cool. And it was really interesting to just be in a different space with different people. They were all really friendly. At the end of the tap class, I was like, I've never done this before. Also, my tap shoes hadn't arrived yet. So I had to do the tap class in my ballet shoes. Which but you was, had ballet shoes. I did. Okay. And the teacher was very nice, but I was like tapping away on, in like a soft Amazing. shoe. It was so embarrassing. <laughs> But at the end, everyone was really nice. And I was like, you know, I've never done this before. And someone was like, that's how we all started. Like, everyone has to start somewhere. And they were, it was just really like. That's so sweet. Okay, my new tap community. But I really enjoy the physical movement of dance. And I've always felt sad that I never uh, did it. Mm. I always secretly, I think, wanted to. I had that one bad experience. And Honestly, as I left, I felt kind of sad for like past me. Yeah. I was like, you know what? Teen Kate probably would have enjoyed tap dancing. Same totally. with like 11-year-old Kate or 20-year-old totally. Kate. And I'm glad I've try- I'm trying it, but it does make me a little bit sad that it... T- I know. Don't you ever have that feeling where you want to just like 
zoom back in time and just oh, like totally. let yourself know it'll be okay. Yeah. So that's the new me. That's exciting. Dancer. Kate Spencer. I can't wait to see your moves. Well, you know that we have a show. I was going to ask, is there a recital? There is an actual <gasps> recital, which with, which in the tap performance, it involves little fedoras. What? Like, <laughs> like they were mini, like, like not mini, no, not mini. I just, <laughs> just fedoras in general. Okay. Uh, and they were, they were rehearsing the dance. See, I think these people take this class. Oh, it's like ongoing. Yes. Like okay. you sign up every quarter, but I Got think it. these people, you know, some so come So when is the show? I need to mark my calendar. It's in June. It's in okay. June. Just Sammy, are we going? <laughs> Great. <laughs> I'm, I'm Sammy and I will be there front row. Dory, yes. Before we transition here, yes. Can we just can we just explore this note that said you made a really tasty lentil dish? Yes. Well, you know, I feel like I haven't really talked about the world of lentils lately. You know, I started recording in a bad mood, but I'm in a much better mood oh, now. I'm so glad and just to you hear saying that. world of lentils. <laughs> It really ticks me into a happy place. It's like a theme park. <laughs> Dory's Lentil world of world. lentils. <laughs> um, so I, I was reading the New York Times newsletter of like five weeknight recipes what to make or this something. Week? Yeah, and I think they always include a couple of vegetarian dishes. And one of the vegetarian dishes they included this week was a red curry lentil with sweet potatoes and spinach dish. Yum. When I tell you that this dish was delicious, I mean it. Even Matt was like, mm, that smells good. Did you eat it over rice or over a grain? Just plain, just a big well, Lentils are... Oh, yeah, that's right. You've got you a... Know. You've got lots of fiber in those lentils. Right, exactly. Protein. Mm. Um, a complete... I brought thing. it for lunch, oh, so you you'll did. be able to observe it. I'm also eating lentils for lunch. What? Look at <laughs> us. I made my, my favorite lentil soup. Um, yeah, lentils are so good. This had like coconut milk in it. It's just... Mm, some good fats. Delicious. You've got your greens. You've got everything. There's spinach. Yeah, it's really, really good. We'll link to it um, on the website. But yeah, I just wanted everyone to know that I'm I'm back on the lentil horse. Sorry. <laughs> Should I make a loaf, a lentil loaf in the shape of a horse? Well, that's like double whammy. I, I've always actually wanted to try a lentil loaf. Have you ever made one? No, I've not. I would, if you ever want to experiment, I mean, I know you're going to maybe be moving. So this might not be the but, You know, I did mention that my new kitchen is bigger, so I will have room to make a lentil loaf. You experiment with your loaves. Mm -hmm. Loaves. I'm into it. I would like Great. to try a lentil loaf. I am. I'm down to try a lentil loaf. Um, wait, I want to hear about your dewy skin. Okay. I'm, I've just kind of wanted to do it up a little. Uh-huh. Like, just do just it. Just do it. Definitely <laughs> the name of this episode, right? Just do it. Yeah. Probably also the name of 50 million articles about dewy skin. Sure. It, I, it kind of plays into my like enjoyment of misting and oils. Mm. I just like a sticky dewy skin. Yep. yep so yep. I have been playing around with Wander has a really great Wander Beauty has a really great glow mist that mm -hmm. I like. Tatcha, um, has this really great luminous dewy skin mist. Oh, I believe I you acquired procured this. that yes. for you at the Tatcha event. You went to a Tatcha event a few weeks ago and brought this back. Mm -hmm. So I've been like carrying this in my bag oh. and just like spritzing it and, on. And let's share what it is. 
It's a luminous dewy skin mist. Okay. You mist two to three spritzes onto your face for a boost of hydration and glow under or over makeup. Okay. So for example, today. Yes. I spritzed. I actually used the Wander Beauty one today because this Tatcha one was in my bag. Oh, okay. And I spritzed it on and then I put a little of the Pacifica BB cream that I like, which mm. I also think is very nice and dewy. I put that on top of where I had put the mist. So it just kind of... You are glowing. It's on me right now. Yeah. I like it. And then I put a little bit of that Becca like under eye oh, brightener on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit of Wander Beauty mascara. And I started my day. Look at you. I just have, for some reason, makeup has felt very fun lately. Mm. I'm not doing it out of obligation or because I want to look a certain way. It just has felt fun to, in the morning be like, I've got two minutes. I'm just going to like stick some stuff yeah. on my face. Although I, I came out one day um, to like go work and my daughter was like, why do you have so much makeup on? <laughs> And I did not, like, in the scheme of makeup, right? I didn't really have that much on. What do you think? Because I have found that no matter how much makeup I have on, if I put on lipstick, oh. my husband is always like, wow, you're wearing a lot of makeup. It's just, And you could just have lipstick on. I could on. just have lipstick on. And he'd be, he'd be like, you're wearing so much makeup. I think she noticed that I had highlighter on my cheeks. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I, th- I, I must have looked kind of, like, shimmery. Um, wow. And they ne- my, my kids never comment on my appearance. That's interesting. So I I don't know. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I do. Deal with it. <laughs> I'm dewy now. <sighs> Should we take a little break? Yes, because when we come back, we're going to be talking to Emma. Yeah. Kate, I feel like we are like barreling into summer. It's happening so fast. It is. And I feel like also with summer just come more social events there's weddings there's nights out it's vacations i mean like all the things happening in summer and what i love is that honey love has just the right thing for all those events feel comfortable and confident this summer with honey love's best selling superpower short the superpower short smooth shapes and lifts, giving you a flawless silhouette under any outfit with targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. Speaking of working with your bod, the crossover bra, which I'm wearing as we speak. I wear that my, thing every day. I do too. Uh, it's my favorite Honey Love piece. Let me Let me just tell you why. Yeah, get okay, into it. Hey, do you want to tell me why? <laughs> no, no, I was just going to say, like, I, I I, don't even need to wear it to events. I wear it, like, the event is every day of my life. Yes, that's such a good way of putting it. The bra gives all the support of traditional bras without using any underwires. And just like sidebar, I have put on some of my old underwire bras lately and been like, oh, God, like, get this off of me. <laughs> No, thank once you. Once you once you start wearing Honey Love, you're just like, no, not yep. going back. You see also, how it like, could be. Yes. Also, like summer sweat under those underwires is like, ugh, the worst. Now you don't have to worry about it. Get the support you need with the comfort you deserve and treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market. Save 20% off at honeylove.com slash forever. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with Honey Love. 
you know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from quince. Ooh, Mm -hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic, whether it's winter or or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30. You got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry and so much more. Like truly the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. You know, Dory, we talk to a lot of really fantastic intelligent people on this podcast. But I don't know, maybe you're like us and you want to go even deeper. Mm, I'd love to go deeper. We like to go deep. And that's not only possible with today's sponsor, but also easy to accomplish on Masterclass. Every year I get really into the classes offered and the instructors offering them. Like I'm all over the place with the things that I like on Masterclass. But this year, I am very interested in the class Redefining Feminism, which is 14 lessons from Gloria Steinem. Okay. Now, they dissect issues women face in the US and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday lives. Look, I majored in women and gender studies in college. So, This is right up my alley. But even if you didn't, even if you're like, this is the first time I'm hearing those words. I would argue, especially if you didn't. Yes. Get into it with Masterclass because this is the year you can really learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be redefining feminism with Gloria Steinem. It can be gardening in your own garden or your yard or patio. It can be learning to cook Indian food or designing a space that you love. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master like negotiation with Chris Voss or think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or maybe capture your vision through photography with Petra Collins, 
Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash F35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash F35. That's masterclass.com slash F35. You know, one thing I think is really kind of interesting about skin, my skin, but all skin, is that like what it needs now in my 40s is not what I needed in my 30s. Totally. Definitely not what I needed in my 20s. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But like, how are you supposed to know what your skin needs? It's hard. It's hard to know. Especially when there's just like so many products out there. The overwhelm is real. It's a struggle to even know how to get the results you want, what products to start with. This is why we're super excited to partner with Apostrophe. Apostrophe is a prescription skincare company that offers science-backed medications that are clinically proven to help. I have used Apostrophe. I love it. They will pair you with a board-certified dermatologist who literally creates a personalized treatment plan for your skin. I have done this a few times now. It is so easy to do their online consultation. You upload photos And like within a few weeks, I had done a consultation and received my treatment plan and my product. Amazing. And that is how I became a Tretinoin gal. I love the Tretinoin that they sent me. I love their sunscreen. Both products have been amazing on my skin. And you, Forever 35 listeners, can get a special deal from Apostrophe. You can get your first visit for only $5. That's at apostrophe.com slash forever35 when you use our code forever35. Now, that is a savings of $15. I like that. This code is only available to Forever 35 listeners. So to get started, just go to apostrophe.com slash forever35 and click get started. And then use our code forever35 at sign up and you will get your first visit for only $5. Thank you, Apostrophe, for sponsoring this episode. Our guest today is here visiting the States from the UK. It's Emma Gannon. Emma, welcome to Forever 35. Thank you so much for having me. And I should say, even though you're visiting the States, you can be heard by listeners all around the world because you two are a podcaster. Let me give our listeners a brief little bio. Uh, Emma is the best-selling business author of the multi-hyphen method and is the host of the award-winning podcast control all delete which is a really really wonderful listen and i shall say our listeners talk a lot about soothing podcasts your podcast is very soothing Mm -hmm. i agree that's good to know and emma has been published into everything from the guardian to mtvl glamour and has been a columnist for the sunday times telegraph and courier magazine and her debut novel olive will be published in june 2020 by harper collins Woo-woo. Welcome to hey. Forever 35. Thanks for having me. I just wanted to say, by the way, that your podcast, I, you must get this all the time, but it's very good for anxious moments. I, I feel like mm. I'm just putting on two friends who have like, got my back because I've been solo traveling and ah. I think people say this a lot, but when you're in a hotel room on your own and it's a bit quiet, you're like... I'm just going to put a podcast on. So I had a bath last night. You guys were with me. Oh, very nice. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's let's get into it because you're on a little bit of a self-care journey here in Los Angeles. And we're so glad that it's brought you to us in real life. But um, 
why don't we start with a one of your own self-care practices? So for me, I think my job is so sociable, which I love. I have a really big family, live with my partner. Um, I'm never alone, really. And what I've realized is I love being alone, like totally alone. Like I've I've been fine. I've been here for about eight days alone. I've seen a few friends like for an hour or two for lunch, but I've been, I've just felt so guilty for so long that I was like, am I normal that I need to go away for a few days and be silent on my own? So I've been wandering around LA. I've gone to Sephora, spent like two hours in there, went to bookshops, went to Book Soup, which is my favorite. Oh, I love Book Soup. Um, and I just need, I just need like to be by myself. And I think that does sound like a privilege and it does sound like a luxury. Do you feel guilty about that? Yeah, I mean, I had a conversation with a friend before I left and I was like, oh, I don't think I'm going to post on Instagram that I'm here on holiday. And she was like, why? And also it's really narcissistic to think that anyone cares like what you post on a daily basis, like <laughs> overthinking it. And I was like, oh, I just feel really guilty. Like I'm going on on this holiday. And she was like, you do know that people will find your message around work even more, you know, empowering if if they see that you're switching off. Um, mm. so it's important to be like, I'm here doing nothing. Yeah. Cause it's interesting. You say that when we saw you were here, I was like, she must be having meetings and here totally. for business. I thought the same thing. I'm wondering, I'm wondering how you can do that when you're not on holiday. Or is this just a thing where you know that every year you have to take this time for yourself and could because you're not able to any other time? Or can you kind of get those moments when you are home in your own very busy social routine? Well, I think it's planning in advance because, as you know, when you're running your own business, like Mm -hmm. I don't really have anyone to hand it over to. I've got my agent and I've got my team uh, who I can put on my out of office. Like there is someone that can be like, if I don't answer, go here. But at the end of the day, you can't just disappear. Right. Like I, so I think, um, just getting away and being by myself for a few days because I'm here, I'm still here, like doing your podcast. Like yeah. it's not, yeah, it's not a true. total holiday. And I think I've got to make peace with the fact that I don't think I can disappear and live in a cave for a week. Mm-hmm. Like that's not the lifestyle I've chosen, which is why in the book, in the multi hyphen life, it's called in the US edition. I, it's really positive and negative. Like, I didn't want to be like, this is perfect. Your life will be fixed. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the most amazing um, w- alternative to the nine to five. It's like, no, it's it, it comes with its downsides. And having a nine to five, like we all know people who put an out, out of office on and they, they do disappear. I can't. Yeah. Um, but this is the best. This is the best I can do. Well, can we talk about that a little bit? Because I do think you bring up an interesting point about the way jobs are moving as technology changes and the way generationally we think of careers and jobs is that you're never ever really not working. I mean, mm-hmm. because the internet and email and Slack and DMs and text makes you it makes you almost impossible to ever truly be unavailable. And that does affect self-care. And also when people are hustling for jobs that they're really passionate about or doing three different jobs at one time, you, you have to you have to be accessible. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering, uh, like, what are the challenges and the positives of pursuing a multi-hyphen life? Well, this is the thing, because... And let's, I'm sorry to interrupt. Let's explain what that is to our audience first. I realize yes. I did not explain that. 
So the multi-hyphen life is my book basically celebrating and encouraging and just saying woohoo, like waving the flag for if you just want to be someone who doesn't have a bio that they can say, I'm this. They, they kind of sweat a bit and they're like, I'm actually many different things. It's a book really just saying I'm a multi-hyphenate. Um, I have fingers and pies, but in a positive way, because I feel like that for so long has been this jack of all trades, negative spin. And someone's grandparent would be like, that's awful and, and insecure and terrible. But actually, some of the most wealthy people in the world have multiple income streams. And I like talking about money. I like talking about women having money and having many different income streams has totally changed my life. So anyway, that's what the book is about. But um one of the positives I will just say, which with which absolutely trumps everything for me, is I never have to ask anyone's permission ever to go on holiday or do anything. I can do what I want to a certain extent. I don't have to go and ask like a boss in a corner office. That's amazing to me. I just every day I wake up and I'm like, I can actually, even though it's on my shoulders, make any decision. The negative is, and I think this is why I wrote the book, because it's a massive conversation, is when the physical boundaries around work go. So you don't have an office, you don't have a desk, you don't have, what are the psychological boundaries? Because then it's just in your brain constantly. Yeah. Yes. But I'm working on it and I think we can all get there. I just think we need to talk about it more. It's almost interesting. You have to set boundaries with yourself. Yeah. I mean, that that to me is always the challenge of, of freelance life, right? Like with our podcast, Kate, we have a very specific structure and we've, you know, we've, we've imposed that structure on ourselves, but we also are, we're accountable to our listeners. We're accountable to our advertisers. Like there's other people when it's just, when you're just pure freelance, I, f- I find that really difficult. Yeah. And also the other thing that I'm still grappling with is, so my job is to write and to create content. So being on emails all day means I'm not doing my job. Yeah. And I think Roxanne Gay wrote this amazing article. I can't remember what it's called now, but it was basically like, if you have any success, your job turns into like the brand of the job instead of the job itself. Mm. So you're managing like your website and your emails and your Instagram, but actually the job, the reason you're even doing well is because you sat down and did a thing so you need to carve out more time for that can we talk about how you got here yeah what has been oh your my God, how long do you have <laughs> i mean <laughs> how long is your holiday yeah. <laughs> we'll sit here um it's so zigzaggy and i i also i find it really hard to reflect on my own journey you know i mm-hmm. I, fe- I feel like it's not like a bite-sized Instagram quote like it's it's so messy um, but really long story short is I uh, graduated into a recession I took any job uh, because I literally was scaremongered at university that only like 20% of us would get a job so it was like get a job people so I worked at a PR agency which I was really happy with to be honest but I was selling like batteries and shampoo and it's just, I mean, nothing wrong with that, but it was like I had to write press releases to make batteries sound interesting. Um, you know, the real kind of like hard stuff. And then, um, yeah, and then I and then I was talking to bloggers and journalists and writers. And I was like, I want to be on that side of the email chain. Like, I want to be doing mm-hmm. that. So over over time, I blogged. I blogged for about 10 years, actually. It's my 10-year anniversary this year. And um, 
And I just got, I mean, I just got, it was, it was, it was a long time of writing for free, but I got a book deal in about 2015. And um, I was working at Glamour magazine at the time because I'd managed to kind of pivot from working in an agency to working in a magazine, took a massive pay cut. And um, it, it just got to the point where my boss was like, you have a lot of side hustles and they're actually doing quite well. And I actually like you and I don't think you should be here. Oh, what a great boss. And then I was like, I went home that night and I was like, did I get fired? Right. <laughs> like what just like, happened? Like, I, was like, that, I was like, that was really nice, but also really weird. Um, but it was true. I couldn't, mm-hmm. you know, you can't do it all. I think that's what's really interesting about side hustle is for so long you can do it on the side. And yep. then there comes a moment where you have to decide if it's more than a side hustle, mm-hmm. I think. And it's a little bit that moment where you decide and you take that leap is, is very scary right like are there substantial things you can do to set yourself up for not necessarily success but not going into financial ruin or maxing out your credit cards and that kind of situation like what do you advise people to do when they transition to the side hustle as the full-time job well the amazing thing about a side hustle I know and I know it's like such a buzzword now and and actually back then I just preferred the word like side project or like passion project Mm -hmm. like a thing that you do for fun I feel I really don't like the term side hustle anymore Mm -hmm. I feel like it's it's been totally like overtaken but um same with self-care really you know when you say it and you're like Mm -hmm. I mean the actual self-care uh not the like soap that people are selling me but um I think the good thing about side hustle is you're doing it you're, you're transitioning as you go you don't just leave your job to nothing you you've already got maybe months or even a year maybe a couple of years of contacts and a portfolio of work and email addresses and clients and maybe even some savings because I was earning like a hundred pounds or something for a blog post. I mean, I know that's not a lot, but to me at the time, that was quite a lot to just be like getting on the side for pocket money. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just how you transition over. Um, and you've got to be careful because you you can't do it on work time. You don't want your boss to get weird with you. But I this is why I wrote the multi-hyphen method. I was like, we all need to understand this is the way the world is moving. Mm-hmm. And, you're, and A, the job for life doesn't exist anymore. And B, like your Gen Z employees are going to want more from you, I think. Well, that was really interesting. In uh, I was listening to an episode of Control All Delete where you interview Glossier founder Emily Weiss. And I think she makes the point that her employees are going to work at Glossier for maybe one or two years and then move on. Like the the way in which younger generations look at work and careers is constant movement, as opposed to I think how I'm 40. When I got out of college, there was still this idea of like, you find a job, you get the entry level position at the company, and you just like move up and you're there for 30 years. And that's, that is really shifting and changing. Also, I love the fact that she was like, I'm making connections for life. These people that work for me, yeah. they might not be there forever, but you don't you don't say, oh, okay, you're leaving and then just never speak to these people again. It's like, I actually have just hired someone for the first time and that was someone I used to work with about five years ago. I love the idea of things come back, you know, coming mm-hmm. back around. And it's like that whole thing of like, don't be horrible to the intern because the intern might give you a massive job in five years time. Yeah. You know, like we all have to yes. treat people really well. Let's talk a little bit more about the self-care that you've been giving yourself here in LA or just here while you are. It doesn't have to be because you're in Los Angeles, but just because you've given yourself this break and you've been enjoying quiet, what have you allowed yourself to do to take a break from the busyness of your job? 
For me, I find that if I'm in a different location, my brain kind of resets itself or at least it, I have a different perspective. I don't know if you have this, but just waking up in a different room, I feel like I don't have the same routine like ingrained mm. in my day. Mm-hmm. I mean, today I got up and went for a swim. I mean, it helps that I'm in lovely Los Angeles when the sun is shining and people listening to this who might be in London will be like, I hate you right now. It's so grey in London and I, I love it there and I, I don't think I will ever leave, but um, it helps to be in a different location. I think just even if it's like going for a walk down the road and like coming back again, I just think there's something about getting out of your environment for a bit uh, really helps. So... Yeah, I don't know what it is about that, but anytime I'm feeling super stressed and I do feel like this is a very lucky thing to do, but just, um, you know, even going on a staycation, like just going by the sea for a few days is good. What have you taken away in terms of self-care from the people you've interviewed? Because you've interviewed a lot of really incredibly high-powered people on your podcast, like truly young CEOs and people at the forefront of changing industries. Mm. And I'm curious if that comes up with the people you talk to. Is that an important, do you think self-care is an important part of also being a leader or someone who achieves a lot professionally and financially? Yeah, I think so. And I'll also, and this is something I'm still learning. I really haven't nailed it yet is the boundaries thing, because Mm. when you set the boundaries, they are there and then people do follow them. The thing with me is my boundaries aren't rock solid because I love my job so much and also I'm a bit of a people pleaser and also I I, I work still from this place of like scarcity of like, will will it all be over? I'm, I'm not there yet with like, I'm going to treat this like abundance and I'm always going to have work and I'm always going to have this opportunity. I, I'm still like, better take that opportunity and cancel that vacation because that might not come around again. So I'm, I'm trying to get better at that. I, I, I'm not there. But some of the people I've interviewed, um, yeah, they've got rock solid. They, they work in seasons. Um, like I remember interviewing Marie Forleo and she was like, she, I think she takes like two or three months off of the year. She does it that way. And her team know, and that's a thing. Um, Works in seasons. Yeah, so it's like, and that's also amazing. I interviewed, um, yeah, a founder of a really big tech company recently. And he was saying that he works in seasons. He was like, I'm like three months off, three months on, six months on, six months off. Was this an American? No, in the UK. Okay. Um, but I think he's got to the point now where he's like floating around as a CEO, like as in he's... Right, what a life. Like yeah. he's I, kind of not as needed. Also, Gillian Anderson, she was mm. saying that um, you schedule in the self-care like you would a massive meeting. Like yes. you literally put it in your diary yes. and you ring fence it like it was your kid's nativity play or something. Like you cannot miss this. So that's another thing. If you put it in the diary, then it's there. That I think is the key. Really carving out that time and making it a priority is so important because otherwise it just like falls by the wayside and and it and it's not a priority. Mm, exactly. You know? I mean, I already know that I'm going to have two weeks off in August and I've ring fenced that now. Um, and anyone that tries to creep into that space now that I've told them, I'm like, you're not someone I want to work with then because I've told mm. you, I've told you six mm. months in advance. So I think that's the way I'm going to treat it. Good boundary setting. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, I'm getting better. Well, professional boundaries. I don't know if we've touched on them. We've touched a lot on personal boundaries, but not so much on professional. Yes, because that is, you have to kind of treat that a little bit differently than you might a boundary with a family member or a friend, but they are just as necessary. Yes. 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 How do you, were those conversations you said you were, you identify as a people pleaser? 
were setting? Have you have you had kind of experiences where you've forced yourself to set professional boundaries, or have you kind of has that come up in your exploration of career and business? So it's definitely something that I'm always chopping and changing. I mean, what's really great about the team I work with is we're quite experimental. They're they're a startup agency. They've only been going for two years. They're amazing and work. They've come from big, big companies, but they're still learning. I'm still learning. So it's like, it's not like this is how we do things. It's just, let's try this. So for example, I have to write another novel by January, 2021, which seems ages away, but I know it's going to take me a full year to write. Um, so I I did that thing, which made me cringe where I was like, guys, I'm only going to be checking my emails in the morning and in the evenings because I, I if it's urgent, send it to me in the morning and then if it's not I'll get to it in the evening but I just I need my days I need my days back and they were like yeah cool we'll try that out so I think it's just a case of um experimenting and the other thing I'll say is I was always so scared of turning things down or saying no or or acting like I'm too busy or um you know someone asked me for a favor you know you must get this a lot but I get a lot of like um can I interview for my book or can I uh, you know um, include you in this thing or will you do this panel for free and all this stuff and I got to the point where I realized that when people say no to me I just respect them more I never think mm. badly of them so now I realize when I say no they're probably thinking cool no worries so it's just getting over that thing oh my gosh yeah I never thought about it that way but you're so right you're so like I so love right. people that have said no to me like I'm just like they're so like good for them and it's yeah. the way they say it uh, I, I feel like my brain just fell out of my nose, like, yeah, um, which would be very hard. But uh, <laughs> yes, you're so right. I have never I have such a fear of saying no. And yet anytime that anyone's ever said no to me in terms of like a professional thing, it's like, yeah, cool. I get it. Mm-hmm. And I actually this is really <laughs> cringe. But um, when I was really struggling with, with saying no, I would I would copy and pace their responses and just put them in, in my note, in my notes, like in my drafts, because I was like, I need to learn from these people who are saying no to me because it was always like so like a real polite decline or you know I'm really I'm working on this project so I'm so sorry I'm at capacity or just the way they said it was so good so yeah I love that I I don't think that's a cringe at all no I think that's brilliant (laughs) yes um, something I want to go back to is what you were talking about you you briefly alluded to um, women kind of talking about how much they make and money and I feel like this is a conversation that is like just now starting to happen. This awareness that women in particular need to be talking about this stuff amongst themselves. I'm wondering how you came to that. And then also, how do you determine your own value? Mm, it's a really good one because what's happened since I've been self-employed is because I don't necessarily feel like freelancers share like an overall number of their earnings because it's not really a it goes up and down right b I don't feel like it kind of it doesn't show what you're worth like there's no salary it's not like this is just my how much I earn every year so for example I've been able to speak in like real numbers with other freelancers so like someone be like yeah I'm getting like 2,000 for this 25,000 for this 50,000 for this um or I will what I'll go in a WhatsApp group and go, um, I've just been offered this, and then someone will go, Oh no, no, you're like you, you should ask for more. I got I did the same job with them and wow. I got five thousand more. And so it's like just being able to talk in those numbers yeah. has opened up everything because and, and maybe it's me saying, actually I don't feel comfortable yet announcing like I make this, 
but for some reason announcing what I make per project mm. feels mm-hmm. still feels clear and still feels good but I I don't know if it's a British thing but I still would find it really weird if someone asked me like I want to know exactly how much money is in your bank account yeah so yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't think that's a British thing I think that's also an American thing there is this taboo around money You know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older and how we treat it and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning in my mid-40s, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad. They're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering creppiness, Dory. Mm. Okay. Which is okay. I know. Visible on my <sighs> neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, One Skin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like crappiness. And I'm not overly concerned with aesthetics, but like I do just want to keep my skin healthy as I age. Totally. I love their topical supplements. They really help your skin feel. I don't want to say younger, but just vibrant, Mm. refreshed. They combine tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting edge longevity science to literally create the world's most effective product to help with skin aging. I am particularly fond of their face topical supplement. It's essentially a moisturizer, but it has their Mm -hmm. proprietary OSO1 peptide to really help with all the parts of our skin that are exposed to environmental damage. You can use it on your face, your hands, your neck. I know here Mm -hmm. where we live in Los Angeles, our hands, we're driving, that sun is coming at us at all times. One Skin believes the purpose of skincare is not just to improve how we look, but to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient to the aging process. They really create next level skincare. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and more importantly, acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OVER50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. I want to totally switch gears. Go, take it um, to a different place. To <laughs> I am curious what the sort of podcasting community is like in the UK. Um, 
That's a really good question. I feel like, I don't know if it's just me, but I guess when you're a journalist or you're a writer or you're a podcaster, like I think everyone just spends a lot of time by themselves yeah. or like with the other podcast person. Um, but I did go to the Acast Christmas party uh-huh. in uh, the London offices and they keep, you know, expanding and expanding. And I, and it was like, I, it was like turned into a rave. It was like, it was like a, <laughs> this like crazy part. house party. Everyone was so fun. I felt like it was a lot of people who like hadn't been out of the house right. for a while. Like everyone Everyone's was drinking, feral. everyone was dancing, everyone was feral. Yes. I wanted to like say like frat party. I don't even know what that is, but I feel like it was it's like that. It's a thing we have here. I've never been to one. <laughs> but it got really rowdy. And also it was really exciting because, you know, um, there was a speech and it was like, well done, everyone. Like this is a really great industry to be in. Um, I, f- I feel like podcasting is um accidentally turned into like the new youtube or something Mm. because i don't know about you guys but i definitely fell into it kind of by accident and um realized that actually you know there is money to be made Mm -hmm. and there is a lot of fun to be had yes totally um and that's another thing about podcasting is um and talking about the money thing is yes it's hard to make money from podcasting because it's it's like i think back in 2009 where you start a blog you don't immediately get paid for having a blog it's like it takes ages and also you have to build up an audience but once you have the audience um you know my my podcast is like my main income stream now mm-hmm. um i live off it it's like double what i used to earn at, at glamour you know so it's possible and i kind of want to tell people that yeah i mean the same for we us talk about yeah we try to talk about pretty transparently how we do our business of the podcast we did not intend to start a business but we're very fortunate that it's turned into that I want to ask um, about your new novel, Olive, mm. because well, we haven't read it yet. But one thing that really struck me in reading about it is that it's it's and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's about the kind of decisions one makes in life, especially kind of around the age I assume that you are, which is, let's say, 30s. Yep. And one of the things it addresses is the choice not to have children. And this is something that has come up with a lot of our listeners. And especially since Story had a child, I'm a parent as well. Um, we've talked about having kids more. We've heard from listeners who you know don't want to participate in those conversations. And I think, which is totally great and fine, but I think still people, especially women who choose not to have children, are treated, are really left out of a lot of conversations, not treated fairly. It's still treated like it's assumed that all women want to have kids. Yes, that if they don't have them, it's because they couldn't have them, yeah, not, not because they chose not mm-hmm. to. Yeah. And and so I would love to know more about this this choice for this character in this book. What inspired you to write about it? Yeah. I mean, it's funny because I, for all transparency, I'm, I'm definitely on the fence. Like I'm definitely, I'm on the side of I'm not sure whether I do. And to be honest right now, I think maybe not. I thought I literally thought I'm in I I can only write this book now because I'll go one of both ways and I might Mm. become more extreme with my thoughts or or maybe not but I was like because I'm so interested in like all perspectives I was like I can write lots of different characters who are grappling with the same topic um so essentially it's about four friends who are all 30 and their their lives have been exactly the same up until that point. So they went to the same school. They, their parents are friends. They went to the same university. They went to the same. They lived in like a student house together. They all got jobs in the same area. Suddenly, the baby thing comes up and it like does splinter the group a bit. There's one who can't and is having IVF and, and is really struggling. And there's someone who's pregnant and is like glowing. And there's like 
don't want to rub it in that but also like Mm -hmm. i'm allowed to be happy there's the friend who has three kids and is just like the most natural mum in the world and then you've got olive who is like where have my friends gone and she you know fundamentally from the age of and i've interviewed so many women by the way for the book who knew from as early as five years old that they they do not want children so olive is like this kind of you know it's such an interesting character she's anxious about her choices still but fundamentally she does not understand why anyone would have them Mm. (laughs) so it's been really fun to write and and i must say this book is an exploration of how ridiculous it is to put people into boxes or camps Mm. like these women have everything in common and they always will whether they're a mother or not a mother you know olive is very maternal in many ways some of them aren't and they have children you know it's it's very nuanced conversation and so I really wanted the book to open that up well I'm excited to read it but we should say it is currently not going to be published in the U.S. yet yet but fingers crossed I have a good feeling I hope so I was walking around book suit and I was I was picturing it on the shelves um no I think I think we will will manifest it yes yes please yes please (laughs) um but no it's it's um it's a really interesting one because what's funny is even though I don't feel necessarily like I'm gonna have children anytime soon I listen to so many podcasts that um talk about motherhood Mm. I love it and that's what I don't understand is why would you not want to hear those stories even if you don't necessarily have anything like day-to-day related to that that. is the big question yeah yeah well I do think one thing that a conversation that I've had with friends who are childless by choice is that it's never painted or discussed as a positive decision or you never you don't often hear from people who've chosen not to have children and like how great their lives are even in like the cultural like the tabloid conversation about Jennifer Aniston not mm. having kids it's always painted as like what's wrong with her and she's right, like a suffered. tragedy yes yes and mm. i'm wondering how we can have those conversations i mean we obviously dorian i can't because we got kids but also but, that the, there's a kind of interesting bit you know in the book where olive almost feels bad like in front of her friends with kids when they're having bad days she doesn't want to rub it in that she loves her life yes she should um, so she like i for, to get into this character of olive as well i did a lot of research and i listened to there's an amazing podcast episode with terry gross mm-hmm. who like loves not having kids um, Samantha Jones from Sex and the City like when she's just like rolling her eyes and she's like "Ugh, people keep getting married and having babies like there's so many kind of role models in literature I think but I just feel like women need to tell more stories like even the Oscar nominations today that got announced with like best director and best cinematographer it's like they're all so violent and they're also like male gazy and they're also like macho and I just I just want some more stories about the like domestic internal struggles that women go through yeah I mean that to be honest like that has been really challenging for me to get that feedback from some listeners um, because it did feel like in some ways it was sort of invalidating Mm. my story um, which given that this is a podcast about our lives (laughs) felt especially sort of upsetting um but, I feel like it's almost, ve- you know, incredibly useful to hear people who might be the same age as you 
the ins and the outs of what how they're going through it. I mean, I interviewed Leandra Medine recently and I, I was like, how, I was like, I'm sorry if the motherhood thing might feel cliche as a question. Cause I, as an interviewer, I also feel like, am I, am, is it annoying to be asked about kids? Right. Kids? So, but I like really want to know, I'm like, how are you running an amazing media empire and having twins? Twins. Just genuinely, cause we're the same age. I'm just like, woman to woman like yeah i'm just well done like tell me how you're doing it i don't think it's annoying at all to ask the question or to encourage the conversation where i think it's lacking is in talking to men about their professional accomplishments and i'm thinking i'm actually just thinking about my husband who just walked through here and i would be curious to to ask him this because i don't know if i have but he spent you know a year working in other cities on a Broadway show and then a TV show. And I don't know if any of the interviews or conversations he had press related or otherwise, if many people really pushed the like, how do you do it all? Yeah. You know, and I don't know if that I don't hear that coming up when powerful fathers are interviewed as much. And I mean, this is we all know this, you know, no one. You're so right. It's like that picture of Anne Hathaway at the Critics Choice Awards. I think the other night it's like mum mum on a night out and i'm like <laughs> until we have like i don't know some oscar director being like dad on a night out yeah. like i was just like yeah. what is that about yeah yeah you're so right well <laughs> well ending on a positive <laughs> on <that> note, note. <laughs> <laughs> but i will say that i did write the novel basically i i believe books are should be conversation starters and it's the same with the multi-hyphen method i was like i'm not a guru who's come flown in to like tell everyone what to do it's totally just like let's chat about this and the same with olive it's like if anyone in a pub or in a bar is like just talking about stuff i feel like the book has done its job you you guys must feel like that as well with like just stuff you put out there it's nice and with podcasting too i feel like with podcasting yeah it's it's an ongoing conversation once it ends in your headphones or on the page. And I yes. think that's so important. So let's find out. We can get all of, if we're in the UK, June 2020, mm-hmm. in the US and other countries. If you're listening and you work at a publisher in, the, in America. <laughs> yeah, let's publish on this book <laughs> yeah. here. Come on. Um, the multi-hyphen method is available internationally. And here in the US, it's under in the April. multi-hyphen life. And it's coming out. Yes, okay. in April. Yes, it's been published with Andrew McMeal. And um, yeah, it's it's going to be out here. So I'm really excited to see what people make of it. Um, I feel like people are already doing it, especially mm, in the big cities. Yeah. So yeah, it should be interesting. So Emma, where else can people find you? So my website is emmagannon.co.uk. I'm on Twitter, Emma Gannon, and Instagram, Emma Gannon UK. And your podcast is Control And Optally. my podcast is Control Optally, yes. Great. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank this has you. been very meta. I've been like stepping inside iTunes. Yes. We were in your bath last night. Yes. <laughs> here we are in person. But thank you for, especially on your holiday, taking time to talk to thank us. Yeah. I appreciate it. Dory. Mm-hmm. And we're back in the intenshi zone here. We sure are. And last week you had intended to start going to sleep earlier. Yes. So I did manage to make it to bed earlier, like half the week. Last night That's I was great. in bed at 10, but I was reading and I didn't actually turn off the light till like 11. The book was that good, huh? You know, the book was fine, but it was like, it was one of those books where you're like, I don't really like this book, but I want to know what happens. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to keep reading. Okay. Okay. So I kept reading and finished the book. And then I was like, wow, I'm tired. 
and went to sleep. Great. Um, That's but, a positive. You know, at least I was in bed at 10. I like, sh- you know, I stopped my day at 10. Put those yoga toes on. Put those yoga toes on. Wrote my one line a day. Oh, it's so cool. You're still doing it. That's great. Yeah. I'm going to do it for five years. What do you have on the, the books for this week? Um, well, this week I am going to, I, you know, I'm just going to take a start taking a hard look at what I want to get rid of and how I'm going to get rid of it. I'm mm. going, you know, am I going to sell it, donate it, trash it, recycle it? The four options. Okay. Um, Definitely run some clothes by me. If I guess give, donate slash give away. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I will definitely run clothes by <laughs> you. Sorry. I've, again, once again, made it all about me here. <laughs> Um, I did do I did do a, a pretty big clothes edit not too long ago, but you know there's always room for more. There is. So, um, what about you? How how's flossing going? Okay, flossing's been better. Every night I'm grumpy about it, and every night I'm like, oh, I said it on the podcast. I gotta <laughs> do it. And that's amazing. And, you know, every day I make my kids floss. So like, again, it's this thing of like every day I'm trying to instill this practice into my children. And then when I go to do it, I'm like, oh, I don't want to. I don't like the way it feels. But I did it. Obviously, it's the right thing to do. Like there's nothing. There's no argument against flossing. Right. Like I feel like there have been some like, you know, counterintuitive flossing doesn't matter takes but i'm a fan yeah i know i my dentist is a fan so i'm gonna do it okay they say what about um, this week okay so this week i was thinking i might like to set a goal for how many books i'd like to read in 2020 mm. not to set myself up for failure but just to give myself something to shoot for great um what are you thinking numbers wise i mean like 15 to 20 okay realistically yeah just with the amount of time i'm able to spend reading and right now i'm reading the great believers and oh. i'm really loving it one of my faves. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. So good. If you haven't read it, I just, I'm, I'm only about a third of the way in, but I'm just mm. loving it. So oh, get ready. Oh, I'm going to cry a lot. Oh, I? you're going to, you're going to, uh, tears, just uh, a lot of tears. Anyway, if anyone wants to join me in reading The Great Believers, we can make up our own very loose Forever 35 <laughs> book club. Um, so yeah, so I was thinking of just setting a goal. I love that. And also pushing myself to read a little bit outside of my comfort zone. Mm. I tend to read a ton of romance. I love it. But I would like to just diversify kinds of books I'm reading. Make sure I'm reading a diverse group of authors. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, just stuff I'm thinking about there. Every year I'm like, I should keep track of the books I read. Same. And then I just don't. Me too. Um, but I, I have been reading so much stuff from the library yeah. that that kind of de facto becomes like a list of stuff that I'm reading. That's a smart way to do it. You I know? do a lot of library reading too. Yeah. So, well, <sighs> well, this brings us to the end of the show. Oh, you know what? What? We, we should un- let people know that we have a new project manager oh, yeah, who's we joined do. us. Because mm-hmm. we're here at the end where we read our credits, which as you know, are... Forever 35 is hosted and produced by Dory Shafrir and Kate Spencer and produced and edited by Sammy Junio. And we have a new project manager, Sam Reed, who's joined us. Yep. Welcome, Sam. Hello, Sam. So you'll be hearing their name at the end of every episode now, too. That is true. Two Sams. Two Sams. Two Sams, one pod. Ew. Nope. Sorry. Okay. Sorry, Sam. But it made Sammy laugh, and that's all <laughs> I want in life. Okay, everybody. Thank okay, you so much. Bye. Bye.